0: Hi, this is Paul Peterson. I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond. Brian Zimrack. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimrack. This is episode 418 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, get ready. It's rapid-fire editions of On Screen and Beyond coming after you. Because this weekend, there's a great event going on, and we have several guests joining us. So I hope you're going to be ready for this, and we're going to get them all out before this weekend. So get ready for a week of child stars from the past, who will be appearing at the Hollywood Museum at the historic Max Factor Building for their new exhibit that's going to be coming out called Child Stars Then and Now. And this weekend, they will be having an autograph show to benefit a minor consideration which is an organization which helps child actors cope with the pressures of the business and all of that. And we're going to have the founder of that, Paul Peterson, as our guest this week, as uh, he's the one who started the organization, and he will be our first guest on this Amazing week with we are going to have here at On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you're ready for this. Paul is going to be the first guest on this episode, and we will be releasing many episodes all week long featuring a few of the over 50 former child stars who are participating in the event. It's something that you don't want to miss. If you're in the Hollywood, California area, be sure to go to the Hollywood Museum this weekend. Or if you miss this weekend, you, of course, can see the exhibit for I presume it's going to be most of the rest of this year. I understand. And uh, but they are going to be participating uh, in an autograph signing. So uh, you can get over there and uh, enjoy the exhibits, which are just going to be amazing. We'll be talking about that, too, of course, in the episodes and uh, you can get autographs and the whole work. So uh, be sure to check it out. And uh, don't forget, our format is going to be slightly different from those uh, normal episodes that we have. Uh, So we can just make sure we can rapid fire these out at you all week long. But we hope that you're going to enjoy our guests because we've got some great ones coming your way. Paul Peterson is going to be our guest this week on On Screen and Beyond on this episode, I should say, because all week long we're going to be giving you all kinds of people here at it's just amazing. So get ready for it. Paul Peterson's coming up in a few minutes from the Donna Reed show. And, of course, he had uh, hit songs. He was a teen idol and all that stuff. Get ready. Paul Peterson's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Okay, before we get into our interview segment with Paul Peterson here at On Screen and Beyond for this episode 418, We've got a few things coming your way that we're going to let you know about. So some special things we didn't get to talk about, of course, during our regular episodes. Uh, October titles coming your way from uh, all of films are going to be including John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara in The Quiet Man. Now, that's a classic. You want to see that one for sure. And Clint Walker. Remember him? Cheyenne. And Keenan Wynn. Jack Elam and Ron Ely, who played Tarzan, are in The Night of the Grizzly. Now, I can remember that movie. That's a good one, too. Be sure to check that one out. That's all coming your way from all of films. And also coming our way in September on the 13th, Transformers the Movie. That's the animated movie. It's the 30th anniversary edition. That's going to be coming your way on Blu-ray and DVD from Shout Factory. So be sure to check that one out. And let's see, over at Time Life. Look out for The Carol Burnett Show, The Lost Episodes Ultimate Collection. It's going to be arriving on August 30th, and it's a 22-disc set of 45 episodes of The Carol Burnett Show. Great show, amazing episodes. You're going to laugh if you check that one out. So be sure to be looking for that coming your way on August 30th. A lot of great releases. And like I said earlier, it's an abbreviated edition of our normal show, Because it's time. We're going to get right into the interview with uh, Paul Peterson. And uh, that's coming your way next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actor, singer, and novelist who co-starred on the long-running classic TV show The Donna Reed Show. He will be participating in the Hollywood Museum's exhibit and event on Saturday and Sunday, August 20th and 21st at the Hollywood Museum of Child Stars Then and Now. It's Paul Peterson. Paul, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Paul, this event that's coming up, sounds amazing it, it, just so many child stars are going to be there and or former star, child stars i should say
0: <laughs> <laughs> right you are and I, i'm leading the charge i'm one of those formers as well as you know <laughs> but um i understand that
1: uh part of the proceeds will be going to benefit uh your minor consideration
0: i is that is that- correct yes you know there's Uh, There's a wonderful backstory here. Uh, A bunch of younger former kid stars uh, have taken up the baton of a minor consideration. They are just as passionate as I ever have been, and they are leading uh, our foundation into a brave new world. And this event uh, coming up this weekend is part of that, and we are very excited about the turnout. It's going to be the largest collection of former kid stars ever. And um, and and it's going to the money raised will go to a good cause. That's for sure.
1: And and the exhibit I can I I can't even imagine what it's going to look like. It's it sounds like it's going to be amazing.
0: Well, I know I brought in some special things that I have turned over to the museum, and uh, Friday we'll set it all up. I, I I'm I'm very excited. You know, we, all of us. Have held on to special things that over the course of our career we've accumulated, mm-hmm. and we're going to be there to share it with people whoever comes to the Hollywood Museum.
1: Can you give us a hint about what you're going to be having in the the exhibit?
0: Well, I I have I have my special Walt Disney designed uh, mouseker, which is like an Oscar, but it's for the, those original Mouseketeers. Wow! Uh, I also have the. Um, foundation uh, award that I got from AFTRA, which was a lifetime achievement. They've only given out seven of those in the history of AFTRA, which mm-hmm. is darn near a hundred years. Wow! And I was honored to receive this uh, award for the work that I've done for not just kids stars, but all working children. Mm-hmm. So that'll be there. And I have special uh, posters from a movie I did with uh, six other uh, we're uh, Really big star Harrison Ford and Jimmy Kahn and Michael Sarrazin and Michael Burns and Jan Michael Vincent and Don Stroud from a movie called Journey to Shiloh. So I I've pitched in a few little pieces.
1: Wow, that that, that sounds gonna it's gonna be great.
0: <laughs> yes, I uh, and and Allison is bringing Allison Argo from uh, Nelly from Little House on the mm-hmm. Prairie is bringing stuff and Darby Hinton from uh, Daniel Boone is bringing stuff. It's going to be great. Wow.
1: Talking about the Donna Reed Show. Now, there's a classic. I mean, there's no doubt. Uh, Did how did you get into that show?
0: Well, it was actually the culmination of a pretty successful uh, career as a kid actor, kind of a -a workaday kid actor, starting with the Mouseketeers in 1955, and then doing, you know, pretty big movies and national commercials and. In 1957, I did a big movie with Cary Grant and Sophia Loren called Houseboat, Mm -hmm. and that led directly to the um, audition for The Donna Reed Show. And who knew I walked in there and landed the job, uh, that the job would last eight years. I was there from age 12 to 20.
1: Holy cow. Now, how is that (laughs) growing up in front of America, you know, on TV like that?
0: Well, it's very unusual, you know, you don't, because it was my life and I had nothing to compare it to, it felt rather normal to me, mm-hmm. you know, to get up every day, seven o'clock and make sure I was at the studio by eight, uh, memorize my lines, worked with wonderful people. Uh, and that lasted, uh, throughout my teenage years. And when the show came to an end, I thought I really did believe that it would continue on, that I would be a work a day actor kind of in the Cary Grant mold. Mm -hmm. But it was 1966, and the all-American boy had fallen out of favor. And it took a few years for me to figure out that I uh, was not going to have a career in Hollywood. And uh, with the advice of Mickey Rooney, um, I got out of town and got my education and engaged in writing books and living a rather normal adult life.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, you wrote books in the style
1: of, like, Matt... Uh, not Matt Houston. Um, that yeah, Matt, so Matt Hill, right. Matt yeah, Matt Helm, right. Yeah,
0: Action yes. Adventure. Yes, I had uh, a series of books, uh, Action Adventures, um, that had a, a, a main character by the name of Eric Saifman, and uh, I did eight of those, and I also wrote about the uh, Mickey Mouse Club experience in a book called Walt, Mickey, and Me, mm-hmm. which was very well-received, and and that book, in particular... Got me started on this uh path to helping other kid stars uh, cope with transition issues uh parental issues uh, of course uh, addiction issues uh, and that was the beginning back in nineteen seventy seven
1: hmm. and now are, are all those books still available for people to to get or are they only in mm-hmm. you know uh, Previously
0: released versions. Well, you know, there's a big market in the in the memorabilia world where people uh, end up selling these books uh, on eBay and Amazon and stuff. But uh, *Malt Mickey* and me has just become available in the Kindle format, uh, which I'm very tickled with. Uh, And this is all kind of new to me. I mean, I am not one of those electronic kind of guys. (laughs) But, in fact, uh, that one's out in the marketplace. You can look it up. It's called Walt, Mickey, and Me. Uh, And even though it's a dated book, the message that is transmitted is not old. In fact, one of the things we've discovered with uh, Kid Stars stretching back into the 19-teens, our oldest member is 96 years old. And Diana Sarah Carey suffered the same things that are happening today Mm -hmm. with uh, young performers. Yeah. And uh that's why that's why we started this group. The Mickey Mouse Club
1: must have been one of the earlier things that you did, correct?
0: Oh, it was the very first thing and I I knew nothing about being a professional kid actor. Mm-hmm. I was a handful, a discipline problem and after 7 weeks and helping to open Disneyland uh, in July of 1955, I was fired for conduct unbecoming a mouse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that now <laughs> I can't imagine. That must be devastating at the age of, what, 10 or something like that?
0: Well, I I was nine, and yes, it was devastating. Uh, and in my family, the answer to losing a job is to get another one. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was discharged, I uh, had an agent, and I started to go on interviews even before the Mickey Mouse Club premiered. And I had landed a couple of commercials, and... Um, so I I had learned my lesson, that's for sure. I became a very disciplined young performer, believe me. <laughs> uh, and the jobs uh, from 1955 through the houseboat, which I, I told you about, uh, just got bigger and bigger and better and better, and you gain a reputation very quickly in Hollywood when you're a young performer. If you can do the work, you show up on time and you're not a problem, uh, people call you back to do another job. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, uh, now, as you're going through these, the Mickey Mouse Club and everything, um, and and the other shows that you were on before you got to the Donna Reed Show, was the singing career bubbling at that point, or was it only when you got into the Donna Reed Show?
0: Well, we have Ricky Nelson to thank for our singing careers, me and Shelley Mm Fabre. You know, he was incredibly successful on Ozzy and Harriet, and people loved his singing. And long about, oh, what was it, 1962 or so, 61, 62, uh, Columbia Pictures asked Shelly and I to record some music. And she uh, first first song out of the box was Johnny Angel, uh, which was a huge oh, yes, hit. yes, yes. And I had a fun little novelty novelty song called um, She Can't Find Your Keys, which was followed up by a song that really means a great deal to me, uh, since I got to perform it on the Donna Reed Show, called "My Dad," mm-hmm. Class- which over the years has turned into a classic Father's Day song.
1: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's.
0: Uh, it's- but you know, I, I I hasten to add, I got my start because I could sing and I could dance and I could act. That's why I got the first job on the Mouseketeers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I music has always been fun for me and uh, I jumped at the chance to record. I mean, I looked at Ricky Nelson's life with the fast cars and fast women and said, I want some of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you certainly did. I mean, you had quite a few, um, you know, not all number one hits or anything like that, but, but uh, you had some very popular songs.
0: Well, I, in fact, I did. Um, one of the fun stories is when I did Lollipops and Roses, uh, Jack Jones, of course, is well known for his version of that song, but I outsold him three to one really so much is the power oh yeah, that's the power of television mm-hmm. you know every Thursday night, I was in people's living room uh, at eight o'clock, and if I had a record out, um, God bless the audience, they bought the tune
1: yeah now how was it uh here you are of course, you're on TV anyways, uh, yeah, and also you're singing, so you've got all kinds of you know records are coming out, and then you're on the cover of all these teen magazines that were out yeah. at, at the time. I yeah. mean
0: could you even go outside without people mobbing you? Well, it, look, it was a challenge. Being a bubblegum star uh, carries with it certain um, obligations and and risks. Uh, But it was my life. I I knew no better. And and the truth of the matter is I loved fast cars and faster women. So I was having a great time. There's nothing wrong with being rich and famous.
1: Yeah. So what was it? You say you like fast cars. What was the fastest or the, the, the neatest car that you had?
0: Well, I think people who know me and know my story will remember that I was the president and founder of the Cobra Owners Club back in 1963. Ah. So I raced, uh, you know, a sports uh, for SCCA. And uh, that was that's the for sure the fastest car I ever had. Not the fastest I've ever driven, but it was quite a ride to have this beautiful silver convertible sports car just filled with power and noise, and uh, and as the expression goes, it definitely was a chick magnet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, if you, when you were racing, was it during the show, while the show was on? Yes, until they caught me. I was going to say, the, <laughs> they must have kind of not thought that was a good idea, right?
0: No, not, and I was not in Paul Newman's league, you know, or, or Steve McQueen, where right. I could say, Hey, I'm free to do this. Um, it came down in the last year of the show, the insurance company said, uh, if you want to come back to the show, you got to sell the car. Oh, wow. and, uh, I thought the show was going to go another three or four years. So I sold the car, which today is worth at least a million, <laughs> oh, <geez. Wow. laughs> but it, it, it was, it was the era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I posted once on my Facebook pages, the, uh, the actual invoice of the Cobra. Uh, now I think it was 1963 so, or 62, the car cost, with everything on it, $7,700.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, at that time, that was a lot of money.
0: <laughs> well, sure it was. But then, you know, I, I, like the, the young performers today, I could afford that car every three weeks. Right,
1: true, yeah. Jeez.
0: Yes. Everything is relative, you yeah. know, when a... When a gallon of ga- a gas used to cost twenty five or maybe thirty cents <laughs> for high test, right. and you see here in California, you know it's two fifty. Mm-hmm. I'm going, geez, what happened to the world? Yeah, yeah. Geez.
1: Now, did you ever,
0: uh, after the show ended, did
1: you ever try to get another one of those cars back?
0: No, I really didn't. I I'm, I have been engaged in a lot of very interesting pursuits uh, beyond the acting and beyond the singing. Uh, getting my education, uh, uh, kept me totally focused through my twenties and getting sober was another part of another component of growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I started a family and started a business and, and was writing books. And you know, my life has been a progression from one passion to another. Uh, and little did I know come 1990 when my friend Rusty Hamer from, from the Danny Thomas show killed himself. Mm-hmm. That when I decided to try to help young performers, that it would take over my life. Yeah, and I'm knocking on wood as I say this. Uh, we have in fact been pretty successful in changing the rules and providing a support base for young performers who, all too often, uh, all too often are just dismissed when their career is over. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a shame. I mean, the studios seem to just, you know. They want them for what they want, and then gone.
0: Well, and that's it. And you don't get credit for the work you do in your teenage years or even younger. Mm-hmm. And I believe when they're done with you, they are done with you. And Walt, uh, not Walt, uh, Mickey Rooney told me directly in 1969 when I was in such trouble personally. He came to my house unannounced and said, "Look, Paul, you got to get out of town." Get your education because they're not going to let you work for twenty five or thirty years. This is in my own home, yeah. and I said, "Why are you telling me this?" And he looked me right in the eye and he said, "Paul, it happened to me." Mm-hmm. And boy, was he right. Yeah,
1: jeez. Yeah, boy. It's 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 a shame that it, that's the way it works. That uh,
0: you know the way the students. Well, is. it it is a shame, but it's because the transition process has not been charted very well, at least by public figures mm-hmm. uh, in the entertainment business who seem to think that the only success in life is being on a TV show or in a movie. The truth is there are lots of wonderful things to do professionally as an adult uh, that have nothing to do with show business. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but I remind people, when you give young performers a chance to grow and develop because of their work history and because they have demonstrated skills, you get people like Jody Foster you get Ron Howard mm-hmm. you get a Brooke Shields you get a Drew Barrymore people who are truly talented uh and who have made that transition and and in many cases they made it look easy yeah but the truth is when you turn 18 I don't care how famous you are or what you're engaged in it's time to break away from your from your youth Get to college, get your education, and decide what you want to do. And that is our consistent advice, even for kids who are right now working on television series. Mm -hmm. You know, we say to them, what's the next adventure?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Paul, uh, the Donna Reed Show, is there any memorable moments that you remember from that show? Oh,
0: gosh, and there are so many. I, you know, I was working with wonderful people. Donna Reed was uh, an Academy Award winner. Mm. He was the, the greatest boss you could have. Remember, she, uh, she was an owner of the Donna Reed Show. Oh, she was. In fact, on, only Lucille Ball was more successful uh, financially in Hollywood, um, more successful than Donna Reed. But she was the boss. But let me explain that that boss was the oldest of five Iowa farm children. Hmm. Donna never forgot her roots. So she had the overlay of the MGM training ground and an Academy Award sitting on her mantle. But I tell you the truth, I I mostly just called her mom. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Now, what about Carl Benz?
0: Oh, Carl was a gem. He he was different than most every other man I knew. He wasn't a football fan. He didn't go fishing. He didn't like hunting. He was an artist. Carl Betts graduated uh, Carnegie Mellon uh, with the the Carnegie Award, which he shared with Robert Ludlam, a noted novelist. Carl knew Shakespeare cold. He could paint. Just for fun, he would do a, a little theater here in los angeles you know he'd leave work at, at 5 five thirty, six o'clock run to the theater and, and like the writers guild theater director's theater and and do plays wonderful plays uh he was he was a, an amazing man yeah huh. now and we, of course we we lost him way too soon oh yes way yeah. too soon yeah. yeah now
1: you actually worked with your sister too right
0: That's right. That was a very fortunate uh, experience. Uh, In in my 18th year and the sixth year of the Donna Reed show, uh, my little sister, Patty, who I still call Trisha Bug, uh, was given a chance to be the little orphan across the street. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She did such a good job that uh, the Stone family adopted her. Hmm. So she and I worked together the last three years of the show. It was great fun.
1: Yeah. Now, how is that working with, 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 you know, your brother or sister? You know, did you see that happen? I mean, there's always conflict to it, but you were quite a bit older, so I suppose it well, was.
0: Well, indeed. And and because I was 18, I could be Patty's guardian on the set. Mm-hmm. So on, on workday mornings, I drove from my house in Beverly Hills and picked her up at her house, and we drove to work together, and I was in charge of her and myself, of course, mm-hmm. uh, for the next 8 to 10 hours. And it was a wonderful way to enjoy a baby sister. Hmm. Yeah, Jeez. that's. I mean, I'm sure that's a. That's a whole different experience. Working. Well, it was. I, I. In fact, I was with uh, Stan Livingston, who got to work with his brother Barry right. on my three sons. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something special about there's something special about that uh, of having a, a, a relative right on your side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well.
1: Paul, I want to finish up with two final questions. Sure. And it takes us away from uh, the event coming up this weekend that everybody should go Mm -hmm. to. There's no question about it. The Hollywood Museum is going to be the place to be. But uh, when you sit back and relax now, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: Oh, gosh, I have so many favorite movies, you know, reaching back to the to the glory days, the golden era of Hollywood—you know, starring Cary Grant and Henry Fonda—but mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a kind of science guy. I I love the Discovery Channel and things that are on there, and I like my animal shows. Mm-hmm. But I also have some favorites that I watch. I was a big fan, am a big fan of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, I like movies like uh, 2012. Uh, San Andreas, I, you know, that I'm kind of like an ordinary 70-year-old guy. Yeah. <laughs> well...
1: Paul, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and I want to let everybody know that you will be available to talk to and sign autographs, and, and you have your stuff at the exhibit and everything at the Hollywood Museum this weekend. Uh, now, you're going to be there right. both days, Saturday and Sunday? I'm,
0: yes, i got to be there both days. In fact, I would have to go one day early to help set up, but you know how you... It, here, it looks like a glittering event. The fact is somebody's got to be the janitor and move the chairs around. <laughs> so Friday, the bunch of us are, are going to be at the museum, which, by the way, is right in the heart of Hollywood. You know, right. this is Island Avenue and, and Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to miss it. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a great event, and I'm looking forward to seeing my friends. And, and I, hope, uh, I hope people show up. It's going to be a, a, a remarkable event.
1: Yep. Well, Paul, I thank you so much for taking the time. Please, it was my pleasure. Thanks. A big thank you going out to Paul Peterson for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Be sure to check him out this weekend at the Hollywood Museum, and that's at the Max Factor Building. Got to check that out. Uh, The actual exhibit opens on Thursday, the 19th. And the displays will be there, and there's all sorts of things that are going to be there. The ruby slippers from Judy Garland, from The Wizard of Oz, uh, also uh, uh, just amazing stuff. So be sure to check that out. And then on Saturday and Sunday, August 20th and the 21st, there's going to be an autograph show that they will be having, which will benefit a minor consideration, and it helps support and guide young performers past present and future in the acting business so uh be sure to go and help them out and have a good time see all kinds of people paul peterson's going to be there tell him you said you you know you heard him on on screen and beyond that would be great and he was from the donna reed show and uh, larry matthews who was here at on screen and beyond last week from the dick van dyke show is going to be there And uh, also Angela Cartwright, who's been a guest here at On Screen and Beyond from Lost in Space. Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. John Provost, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond also from Lassie. And uh, Johnny Crawford from The Rifleman and so many other people. And we are going to have several of those guests here to talk about their careers and, of course, this special event that's going to be coming up. So, uh Get ready. It's coming your way fast and furious all this week at On Screen and Beyond. Thank you for listening. If you have a suggestion for a guest, email it to me at feedback at com. We will try to get that person on for you. Always helps to get suggestions. Gives us other people to look for. And uh, if you are on iTunes, be sure to uh, turn around and leave a review. If you're on Facebook, like us and uh, get the word out. Tell all your friends about On Screen and Beyond. Go back to onscreenandbeyond.com. Look at our rerun section and you will see over 418 episodes of fantastic, amazing guests who uh, tell us their stories, whether it's in movies, music, or uh, TV and it's all there. So be sure to check that out. And that's a wrap for this week. Or actually, that's a wrap for this episode. And We've got a lot more coming this week. So be sure to check back often at On Screen and Beyond. Find out who's coming your way this week on our special week of Child Stars Then and Now. And the exhibit going on at the Hollywood Museum. Be sure to check it out. Until next time, when we once again take you On Screen and Beyond, I'm Brian Zimrack. Take care.